the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Hour number two of the Bruce Hooley Show begins with what I think is a pretty provocative and interesting and, I would argue, meritorious tweet from Ann Coulter. Uh, You know, Saturday is the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 terrorist attacks on America. Ann Coulter tweets, On Saturday, I wish the networks would rerun their 9-11 broadcasts in their entirety, starting at 8.40 a.m. until midnight. People who weren't alive then, and people who were, would be transfixed. What do you think of that? 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989. I wonder how much, if any, uh, your view of Saturday's 20th anniversary of the terrorist attacks on America is impacted by what's happened in Afghanistan recently. I, like you, if you were alive at the time, will never forget that day. It was um, just a, a day where after it happened, it just felt like for the next two, three, four days, time just stood still. And we were just riveted to our televisions watching endless coverage of a, of a topic there really wasn't much more to say about than that we had been... Um, We had been proven wrong in that our oceans and our friendly neighbors to the north and the south insulated us from that kind of thing. I remember growing up uh, at a time when the Middle East was very common, you know, there'd be suicide bombers in the Middle East. And I thought, well, what would it be like to grow up there where you go to the mall or you're sitting outside eating or something and somebody drive by and you could be blown to bits or there's a, you know, people quarreling over religious doctrine and it could cost you cost you your life we'd never known that tasted that whatever and i know it's probably popular in radio to you know wait until friday do your 9-11 show on friday but i think there's a lot in this topic and i'd be curious to know what you think about we've had this uh escalation into uh, america is a bad place with bad values. Not only do bad things happen, we always knew America had um, instances of bad things happening. But there's a difference between knowing that bad things happen to blacks during slavery or during the civil rights movement or that women were denied the vote or uh, Japanese uh, immigrants were interred after Pearl Harbor. There's a difference between bad things happening and believing that 
our values were bad, our systems are bad, and they were created to make those bad things happen. That's what I notice is definitely prevalent in our country now that was not prevalent at 9-11. The one outgrowth of 9-11 was that for really quite a bit of time after that, we were a focused country, and we were a united country. We were a focused country on finding out who did that and making them pay and making sure that didn't happen again because we knew that life had changed. Look at how much your life has changed since 9-11. Remember how carefree and easy it used to be to go to the airport? Remember that? I mean, so much has changed in terms of the convenience of life in America since 9-11. And I think Ann Coulter's right. My kids weren't born then. I was just newly married then. I watch all the 9-11 shows. I watch them every year. They're pretty much the same ones that come on. I wish there would be some new one. There was a new one a couple years ago where you finally got a glimpse into what was going on on Air Force One with President Bush during 9-11. But I'm enormously interested in that. Perhaps you have a view that... uh, it was a bad day. I just like to forget it. I don't want to think about the fact that I'm I'm vulnerable. Um, Condoleezza Rice was uh, a guest recently on the uh, Sunday conversation with Ben Shapiro. Uh, here is Condoleezza Rice on what our mission was in Afghanistan, one that we were very certain of, very clear on um, in the aftermath of 9-11. We went into Afghanistan uh, because that had been the source of the planning, plotting, and indeed the uh, ability to attack on September 11th. Um, That's why we went to Afghanistan. It was a security concern. And I can remember the president's concern that another attack, a follow-on attack, might be imminent. And uh, we waited uh, some three weeks before we actually went into Afghanistan because we had a lot of work to do. And I'll come back to one of those elements, uh, which we've now given up. But we had a lot of work to do to try to get uh, forces in a position uh, to take down the Taliban, which was harboring al-Qaeda. That was the reason for going to Afghanistan. What people don't understand about so-called nation-building is that if you are going to prevent a place from returning to terrorism once you've killed the first wave of terrorists, it has to be something of a stable government. You have to try and create uh, circumstances under which you can work with partners, as we have been doing for 20 years, uh, for counterterrorism operations. So she's making a case there for why we stayed, and we can debate the merits of staying, it's kind of moot at this point in time because we're not there. We don't have any base of operations. That's why we have citizens there and people who helped us while we were there who can't get out. And it is it is just burying your head in the sand, as the Biden administration is doing, to act like those Americans aren't stranded or they're not hostages. Jen Psaki, first of all, the presidential spokesperson, barked at Peter Ducey. They're not stranded. They're not stranded. Well, they are stranded. If you want to get out and you can't get out and you need somebody's permission to get out, you're stranded or you're a hostage. One of the two. She denies both. The infuriating thing is that 20 years 
after we went in there and recognized our objective, we lost our focus and we deemed Afghanistan to be a place where it was a drain on us, that we were getting nothing out of being there. I am afraid it won't be long before we're dealing with that same kind of problem again because these assurances that the Taliban has given us that, oh, don't worry, we're never going to be another haven for terrorists. Just a week ago, just a week ago, the Taliban's official news agency, two days after we left, two days, released a 40-minute video And that 40-minute video is called Victorious Force 3, which celebrates the Taliban's, and I quote, martyrdom-seeking suicide bombers, which it glorifies as making America pay for, quote, cruelty and atrocities. Making America pay for cruelty and atrocities. In the video, it says, The invaders are finally flowing from Afghanistan. And it lauds its martyrdom-seeking force who was proud to make any sacrifice to defend its faith, land, and independence. The attacks of September 11, 2001, this film says, were attacks which resulted from the United States' policy of aggression against the Muslim world. One more time. The attacks were the result of the United States' policy of aggression against the Muslim world. And it is against that backdrop, ladies and gentlemen, that Joe Biden will visit the Pentagon, the Flight 93 Memorial in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, and the World Trade Center on Saturday. And he will, because he's the President of the United States, be covered by all the networks as he goes. And so I ask you, how has our pullout from Afghanistan changed how you will feel on Saturday when the 20th anniversary of 9-11 and some or maybe all of the images that you first saw that day and recoiled from will come back across your mind? But when they happened then, you had the hope and really pretty much the assurance that we were going to make people pay for that. And now they are laughing at us and mocking us in videos and accusing us of being what they actually were. I just would like to know how that makes you feel. All right, I'm offering you the opportunity to tell me if you're 911 Thoughts projecting ahead to Saturday on the 20th anniversary of the terrorist attacks will be impacted at all by our withdrawal from Afghanistan. I got to believe you have feelings on this, beliefs on this. I'm much more somber about the anniversary of 9-11 because it's not that I feel like our service people and those who lost limbs and had their lives dramatically impacted served in vain. I want to make clear, I don't think that happened at all, because they kept us safe for 20 years. 
uh, Condoleezza Rice in her interview with Ben Shapiro said that they were extremely fearful at the federal level of additional attacks happening before we could respond. After all, we were to completely caught off guard by weaponized uh, commercial airliners flying into buildings. Uh, was there a nerve gas attack coming? Was there a poisoning of the water supply coming? Was there a cyber attack coming? Was this the first of many steps? They didn't know. And they actually were surprised that that was the only thing in the offing. But it was bad enough. 3,000 people lost their lives. Uh, many people's lives were changed forever that day. Um, and I told you the story a couple weeks ago. One of the women that got mixed up with Tiger Woods in his sex scandal, her fiancé was killed in 9-11. See, that doesn't register as collateral damage from that. But not everybody processes grief in a healthy way. Has her life been derailed by the fact that what what would her life have been if her fiancé hadn't died in the tower attacks? We don't know. How many people died from 9-11-related illnesses, breathing in all the ash and all the things that they breathed in? And to me, the humiliating uh, departure, retreat, from Afghanistan has given the Taliban the last laugh. It's given Al-Qaeda the last laugh. We're asking them for permission to get our citizens out of Afghanistan. We are purportedly the most powerful military power in the world. Does it feel like that? The certainty of the aftermath of 9-11 was we were going to get who did this? Remember George Bush on the rubble at the towers? I hear you, the rest of the world hears you, and the people who brought these buildings down are going to hear from all of us soon, followed by a cheer and a chant of USA, USA. Do we have that kind of certainty that we're in charge ultimately here? We weren't in charge on the morning of 9-11, a beautiful, sunny gorgeous fall day in America? No, we were caught off guard. We had not heeded the warnings. We had not ferreted out the plan. And they they landed a very devastating blow. But did you feel then like it was a fatal blow? Like our way of life was going to change? No, I felt like we were going to defend our way of life. We were going to exact revenge for that attack on our way of life. And I felt like our way of life was infinitely superior to whatever motivated whoever did that to do it to us. Now we have people in our own country, a lot of people in our own country, academic types in our own country, people who are lauded, people who have the forum of deranged people like Joy Reid advocating for their crazy, treasonous opinions every night that America is a racist place, a place that needs to suffer for its past ills. You didn't have any of that on 9-11. So this victory dance that the Taliban is taking in this video that they released and making these ridiculous accusations that, oh, Osama bin Laden had nothing to do. He didn't come from Afghanistan. It's the Americans who were invading us. I'm sure there will be people left behind in Afghanistan who will be killed because of our cowardly retreat from there and the way Joe Biden purposed it and planned it and allowed it to happen. 
it's not the people who served and won a decisive victory in Afghanistan that I feel like died for nothing. But I got to admit that the people who died in the towers, if I were a family member of those people, if I were Lisa Beamer, whose husband Todd was the guy who on Flight 93 said, okay, let's roll, let's go to that cockpit, let's overtake these guys, we're probably going to crash the plane, we're probably going to die. If I were her, I would wonder, did my husband die in vain? Because their death meant a lot when we exacted revenge and established control of Afghanistan so it couldn't be a haven for terrorists to do again what they did on 9-11. Even Mark Milley, the woke, I-want-to-understand-white-rage general, told Jennifer Griffin of Fox the other day, hmm, probably be a civil war in Afghanistan and we probably won't have to worry about anything coming out of Afghanistan for eh, maybe three months. We bought ourselves three more months by taking everybody out? Three more months and then we're right back to where we were 20 years ago? The people who wanted us out of there, the people who even now are coming at me on Twitter, like, ah, enough people died, let's get out. You're just not very savvy if you think that. Because as long as you maintained a control over what was going on in Afghanistan, even with a minimal investment of 3,500 troops, as long as you kept what happened on 9-11 from happening again, then your investment meant something. But the minute you drew it out, and conditions reverted back to or headed down the road back to where they were on 9-11, that's when your investment started to mean nothing. That's when the death of the people who were killed in the tower attacks and in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, and at the Pentagon, that's when their deaths ceased to mean what they meant when we had avenged their deaths. So it bothers me that we're at the point where we're so politically polarized, and so some of you on the Democratic side of the aisle are so cowardly to admit the failures of your president that you can't acknowledge what is obvious right in front of your face, which is this was horribly managed and is a reflection upon his leadership abilities and how things have come apart in just eight months and where they might go to in the three years. Oh, man. I I, I am... <laughs> it is so hard for me to contemplate the fact that he has three more years to damage our republic. But he does. And so that's where we are. So uh, those are a few of my thoughts as we approach the 20th anniversary of 9-11, a day I'll never forget, and I dare say you won't either. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.